Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. And welcome back to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I'm your host, Russell Hartman. Joining me this week, as always, are the other two members of the top line, Mr. John Luke Shapiro and Mr. Kevin Krupe. On this snowy Monday, uh, wow, it is not Monday today. It's, wow, it is wow, not Monday. It's Wednesday. Jeez, I'm sorry. Like, normally nice job on your Mondays. days, Russell. Wait, come on, Russell. But you know what? A I'm going to continue because you know what? Everyone makes mistakes, so I apologize. Oh my God. It is a is snowy that a segue for something? No, I, oh, I mean, it could be, but... It's not, unfortunately. It's not, but it could be. Don't. But, um, <laughs> what is going on? Good anyway, grief. you know what, Kevin? You want it to be a segue? It is a segue. Uh, here it's we seem- go. I knew it. Well, you asked for it, Kevin, so here how, you go. How how dare I go right to the to the talking of the Rangers? How dare you? But anyway, welcome back, boys. It's good to be here. Rangers with you both. And speaking of mistakes, it seemingly was a big mistake to Vitaly Kravtsov decided to go back to the KHL. Ah, uh, that was a good track yeah. there. Ah, see, it was a good one, right? So, uh, Vitaly Kravtsov, as was known, uh, used the European out clause in his contract uh, when he got sent down to Hartford. Um, wasn't really enjoying his play in Hartford, seemed disinterested, only had one assist in the games he was playing, and ultimately decided to go back to Russia and play for Tractor Chelyabinks. Um, things were not working out for Tractor. Tractor sent him down to the VHL, which is basically the KHL's version of the AHL. Um, and he was not getting a lot of ice time. So the Rangers made the executive decision to call him back and control his ice time as he's continued his career and playing for the Hartford Wolfpack in his second stint now in North America. So, uh, Vitaly Kravtsov is the Rangers' second-ranked prospect behind Capo Kako. We know what he can do. We've seen what he can do in the KHL playoffs. We saw flashes of his skill in the preseason. And ultimately, you know, you're looking at a kid who, over the next few years of this rebuild, is going to be counted upon to really make an impact as a top-six forward. And that is what Gorton and company have envisioned for him because, uh, ultimately, if they wanted something else out of him, he would have been called up in place of someone like Brendan Smith or Michael Haley. But they don't want him in that bottom-six role. They want him in a top-six role when he eventually makes it up to the New York Rangers. So we have a lot of uh, Kravtsov and hopefully Leah's stuff to look forward to in Hartford. I hope those two light it up. So right now we're going to start with Mr. Shapiro, um, oh because he was one of the few people way back when Vitaly Kravtsov got drafted that didn't completely hate the pick, like a lot of us did. Yes, and that I is know true. At least, at least yes, it is admit that you hated the pick, Russell. Oh, no, I, I hated the pick. I was flipping <laughs> out. I, was all next all of I want Oliver Wallstrom. I want Wallstrom so bad. Hey, 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 Kevin, you know, you did too, so I don't want to hear I, it. I, I, I never said it. I didn't. Okay, okay, wait, before, before we go on to my point, I just want to do, since we did an impression of Russell, I want to do an impression of Kevin, not wanting oh, great, uh, to tell like Kratzov. You okay. see... Oh, we got we got the uh, well, Kratzov instead of Wallstrom. Oh, what, oh. What, what am I, Bill Cosby? Like, what is this? Oh, it's a mix of Cosby and nerd Conan O'Brien. Oh, oh 
Wow. Oh, uh, wow. You're, you're two things. Conan O'Brien and outdated comedians yes. that are in jail. Yeah, oh. I know. It's terrible. But to add yeah. on about Kratzov, I, I again, I wasn't totally against the pick. And the thing that I liked about it was that he was skilled. Obviously, he's quick and all that. So now that he's back, it's good because, like you said, they can control his ice time. And now it seems like he might actually have a better shot to get called up to the big club. Excuse me. So, oh, all that soda is really starting to get to me. Um, you are excused. <laughs> one, one more. No, no, no. You're not. One more outburst. That's it. You're out of here. Uh, what are you, you going to call Ant on me? Um, <laughs> so, so, no, but it, it's good that he's back because now it seems like the Rangers wanted him here from the start. And, and frankly, I just think that Vitali was just kind of upset that he didn't make the big club, so he just kind of had a fit. I mean, when you're 18 and you don't get what you want, I mean, everyone seems to act that way when they're 18 and they don't get what they want. So, but um, I, Are you I, I confusing 18 year olds with eight year olds again, Jail? No, I, Kevin. No, I'm not. Okay, you probably were indecisive when no, you were 18. No, but it's just, it's like it's. It, I don't know. It's just Kratzov didn't earn his spot on the roster in the beginning of the year, and yeah, it's you know it sucks that he's like, oh, I want to go back to the KHL. Obviously, like he wasn't gonna fix. Tractor's problem because they just were playing terrible. Oh, those were just it wasn't going to be the think. godsend. Yeah, yeah. And Kratzov coming back, like, yeah, now he can adjust. But now it's just there's no expectations for him. So when he does come back up and be like, oh yay, now he's playing and it's great. And well, he's already happy, tallied but... a couple of points with uh, Hartford so far. It was yeah. pretty sweet. It was this nice backdoor feed, <laughs> and he basically got robbed. And then after he got robbed, he somehow got the puck to uh, I don't remember who it was in so front, but it was basically a dunk at that point. Yeah, it's well, a dunk he's, he's gonna he's gonna get called up based off of plays like that, and if we're not seeing like aggressive scoring from him right away, again, it's just don't panic because this is the first time he's playing in the AHL. Yeah, so it's just Kratzov is still so exciting, but the Rangers still so log jammed up top. And do we see him come up this year? Definitely. It's not gonna be till February, unfortunately. But what makes you, know, you say that? I, well, because you need you need the spot in the top six open. Exactly. And so we're not going to have a spot in the top six open, honestly, uh, until Chris Kreider is traded. And Even Ryan point, Strom, too. Or Ryan Strom, that's true. And also to that point, uh, you know, I feel that the trade of Taylor Hall kind of helps us, I, I, even though it had nothing to do with us. But it helps the Rangers because now Chris Kreider, as Darren Dreger has said, as Bob McKenzie has said, as different insiders are saying, will be the next domino to fall in the trade market because he's the next best winger available. Exactly. So for people that are waiting for Kravtsov to come up, I mean, if he does his job down there in Hartford and he starts playing well, maybe gets some chemistry with Leas or or Vinny Letiri or Phil DiGiuseppe, any of these guys, and starts putting up points – and maybe not. Maybe he's not a point-per-game player. Maybe he's a, a half a point-per-game player or a .75 point-per-game player at this point. But that's okay. And if he keeps that kind of pace up and showing you know, he's dedicated and his head is in the right spot, when Chris Kreider does get traded for what is looking like a first-round pick and a mid-level prospect, he's going to be the first one that they call up from Hartford. Well, it, I, I feel like it's going to be like one of those huge days where the Rangers do trade away two to four players, and we're going to see – a bunch of call-ups, so we probably will see Leas and Kratzov come up at the same time, and the chemistry that they can build together will be the most important because you could just keep them on a line, and they'll just roll with it. They'll just keep producing. It's just, you know, Kratzov being in the AHL is probably the best thing for Leas Anderson at this point. Oh, 100%. Only because 100%. that's going to be his best winger to, to play with. 
Oh, clearly. No, clearly. And I mean, it fills the now hole that Heedle have, gave to Hartford. Now we don't have the speculation of, oh, is Kratzov going to come back to the AHL after Tractor's season is done? Now, no more speculation. He's back. Yay. The end. So, yeah. It, no, just, you, you, you make a good exciting. point. It's exciting. It's very exciting. It's just, unfortunately, it's just, we have to go back to he didn't make the team at the beginning of the year. So we still have to watch out, like, is he ready? Is he mature enough to be on the on the club? And if he is, you know, will he actually be able to sustain top six minutes? Because sometimes Kako has to be able to do that. So if, if Kako can't do it, will Kratzov be able to do it? Yeah, and that's fair. That's definitely fair to make that comparison because, you know, a lot of going into this year, Capo Kako, if everything went right, he would have a 25-25 season. But, you know, he's having some growing pains. And it's not, and he's not the only one. Jack Hughes in New Jersey is as well. And it seems, you know, adjusting is going to take him a little longer than previously thought. And even though Kravtsov and Kako have both played in men's leagues, Kako in Liga and uh, Kravtsov in the KHL, you know, there's a reason that the NHL is the be-all, end-all of hockey in the world. I mean, they are the best league in the world. They are the fastest, the toughest. And, you know, it takes – remember, we have to remember that these kids are 18, 19 years old. Like, they're young. And I, I, obviously all the stuff that Panarin is doing, that Zabanajad does on a nightly basis and that the vets are doing, you know, it's making people very hopeful. And like, okay, just when the kids come along, things are better. But that's just it. When the kids come along, things will get better. But we're going to need a wait of two or three years for that to happen. And, you know, it's okay because Panarin's only 28 years old. Mika Zabanajad is 26. Like, it's okay. And the timeline of these guys will fit once the kids are ready. But it's important to preach patience here that we have to wait until those kids are indeed ready to take those positions. And look, Cabo Caco has shown us flashes already. Vitaly Kravtsov has the skill to be able to contribute. And, you know, Philip Hedl has looked like a man on a mission since the Hartford call-up. And even uh, Buchnevich has been really good this year, although he's been a little slump recently. Well, so it's all a matter of just being here, patient. Russell, Absolutely. When I can, if I can interject here... You talk about being patient. You talk about the way the Rangers have handled Kako and they want to do the same with Kratzov. We can bounce over to uh, something else that we wanted to talk about and how how the Rangers decided to temporarily bump Kako to the fourth line the other day against Nashville and, and ultimately still keep him on the top unit. So if you really think about it, uh, the Rangers obviously see Kako doing more they see that he could do more but it doesn't seem like he has gotten to that gear as of yet that being said they put him on the fourth line they still put him on the top unit do you think that that's something that could be a consistent pattern or was this just one thing that could just be an anomaly i think one or two games but it seems like he kind of got a nice little kick the other day on Monday, and he looked good. I was there at the Garden. Not a big deal. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, See, again, uh, uh, <laughs> you always say, Kevin, you go to the Garden. It's like, no, 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 no. You go, like, at least once every two weeks. Kevin, why do you have to throw this back at me for? No, I'm just saying, like, Kevin, don't, all you said was, Kevin, you just keep going to the Garden. You've been there more than me. No, 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 no. <laughs> If anybody wants to see JL, there's a good chance you'll see him at a Rangers game. Yeah. I'm sure he's going sometime. And next I'm week. broke. No, but no, but but, <laughs> but that doesn't stop you. No, it doesn't. Because I have my For wife. those that don't know, JL has one kidney left. 
For those who don't know. <laughs> He's also missing half of his liver. Yes, I And a lot of and a lot of his like his hair is all gone too. He wears a hairpiece now because he sold his I, luscious I locks do. to get a ticket from the worst he, he also in the world. did a bone marrow, you know, transplant to some dying kids. I've also so donated a lot of plasma on the black market too. So uh, just helps. blood. Countless, <laughs> countless liters of blood. But, but to get back to my <laughs> point, though, you want to talk this. You want to talk patience with Kratsov. You have to say the same thing about Kako. What do you guys think it means? What that Quinn put him on the fourth line, and but they still kept him on the top unit on the power play. Right. That was. And then a he good got move. moved up anyway. Yeah, he got moved up anyways back with Strom, so it wasn't even a big deal. But you know, he definitely looked a lot better when he got put up. What do you guys think of that? Well, I'll say this. The thing with the thing with Kako is you want him to be a top six forward. You want him to be a top six forward, but at the same time, like we've been saying, he's 18 years old and he's got a lot to learn. And you know, when I originally saw the lineup decisions that day that Kako would be on the fourth line, I was pre- I was a little upset about it because a little we're in rebuilding it lightly. Here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no, no, no. not I'm a like. little. Hey, 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 hey! Why? 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 We can all yell at me for my for my transgressions. But anyway, just Kako was from the fourth line, and I was a little upset about it because it is a rebuilding year, and I would understand if this was a team that was kind of like. You know, like, okay, I feel like the 2011 Boston Bruins is a good example here. Who A team that had Tyler Sagan because of that Phil Kessel trade, and you knew they were a Stanley Cup contender without him, and they were kind of shuffling Sagan around the lineup the whole year. You know, he didn't really need to be that important piece just yet for Boston. So, but the Rangers are in a different position. The Rangers are rebuilding still, and they're in the midst of it, and they're not, we're not looking at the light of the end of the tunnel just yet. So, my qualms with it was, why would you take your arguably second most talented player on the team and put him with guys like Brendan Smith and Brett Howden? And that's not to say Brendan Smith and Brett Howden have been terrible, but, I mean, they have been, but that's another story. But well, mm, the fact of the matter yeah, is you want well, Capococco to yeah, play with skilled players. Yeah, I don't know about that. You want Capococco to okay. play with guys like Philip Edel and guys like Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin. Because they can help him along in his path to becoming a legitimate top six forward. But now, again, like the to guys interject, saying, let me to interject to that point though. Do you really think Brendan Smith's that much of a detractor? I mean, Brett Howden and Capocacco well, had chemistry with Brendan Lemieux, so it seems like he did something right with them. And Brendan sure. Smith seems well, I to guess, be his buddy. So I, I guess my overarching on top of that though, you you know, Kako had to toe the line back in Finland anyway. So it's not like he's not used to like being the best player on his line. Yeah. So. If we're really no, looking, and I, being I get honest, this might – I'm not saying this is good for him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it right there. It's not good for him to be on the fourth line, but it's not the worst thing either because he's like, I have to play the game the way I'm supposed to. How did I get drafted second overall? This is the game I have to go back to. He's giving up perfect shot opportunities. He's giving up fantastic – Just he, he's just doing questionable things. He's passing when he's not supposed to. You know, He's not getting back the way he should. And he's overthinking it. And like you said, Russell, it's just he's 18. Mm-hmm. It happens. There you go. It's not going to come You're to right. him overnight. And it's going to come point, to him over this, the course of the season. The point The point I was trying to make was that if Kako stayed on the fourth line, I would have been a lot more upset. But like you guys were saying, he got moved up. He got moved back up. So maybe it was simply Quinn saying, you know, sending a message like you guys were saying before. So I do hope that that was the case. Um and to Kevin, your point, I like what you're saying about how he was, you know, he in Finland he was used to being the best on his line. 
or he's used to being one of the most talented people. But I feel like since the fact he's on the Rangers now, it would be beneficial for him to play with the better players right now because they would only help his development. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, no, I agree with you completely. It's just now he has the mindset. It's like, oh, I have better opportunities. But he's also seeing Panarin score. He's seeing Strom score. He's seeing Kreider score now. And he's seeing um, Zabanajad score. He's seeing all his teammates score. And he's not. So he's like, oh, for the team. He's thinking team first. For the way the team can succeed, I'm going to pass it to the guy who's doing better. And don't get me wrong. You know, passing isn't the worst thing. But giving up perfect slot opportunities is because Panarin shots you don't take one of one of them obviously even the one that Ant was like you should have shot (laughs) and I think everybody knows this where he had a wide open lane but he did decide to go for the one time with Panarin Panarin was still set up for a rebound so if he did go opposite side if he did go you know short side on I think I don't know who was in goal that night but um if he did go short side then Panarin could just get the rebound off of the pad. If you're referring to the Ducks game, it was John Gibson. It was John Gibson. Thank you. I didn't want to be wrong. But, you know, it's just, you know, Quinn, like, I don't know if you did see some tweets from, you know, Colin Stevenson or, you know, any other correspondents that go to the practices. You know, all like, one of them that stuck out to me a couple of weeks ago was practice just stopped suddenly, and all you hear is Quinn yelling, shoot the puck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's no yeah. matter love what it. coach, no matter what it. coach the Rangers seem to have, it just for some reason they're allergic to shooting the puck. Yeah. Now I get like on a power play, you need a lane, you're just not shooting, and just shooting to shoot isn't great. It's just they are giving up more shot opportunities to try to get that perfect pass for a wide open net, but that's not always guaranteed either. You could fan on the shot, you could shoot it wide. You know, there could be a good defensive play that could get the rush the other way. And I feel like the range is just too much in their head right now. And especially Kako, especially the younger guys. It's like, I need to press. I need to make sure my teammates are on the same page as me. And it's just, it's hard for him. And he's pressing. You can see that he's pressing too. Yeah, because definitely. Re- you can tell he's he's got the hunger to play and he wants to, he wants to make an impact. I think now that there's the Rangers are starting to play a little bit better, he's adding a little bit more pressure to himself because when he was scoring, not to say that, uh, when he scored, the Rangers weren't playing well, but they're actually playing a lot better than they did when he was in that little that little streak of his. So, and 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 also to add to you know this whole thing with Kako too, it also shows how consistent David Quinn has been with his um with his uh, motto of holding players accountable. You know, when you mess up and you ultimately don't do something. It's going to be a little bit of a demotion. Some a little bit bigger than others. Some believe that, you know, uh, he's a little harsher on some players than others. Which honestly, it's actually working out a lot better than people had expected at the beginning of the season. You know, so it, it not only shows the consistency of what Quinn is doing, but it also shows in that in that consistency is uh, a good sign. It's a silver lining for Kako because now it's not like everyone's getting treated differently drastically, you know, where it's just so overbearing that one guy's just getting preferential treatment or something like that. No, he's holding everyone accountable no matter who you are. So Kako just needs to relax a little. And obviously it's easier said than done. I'm just some jamoke 
Kier behind a computer. Jamoke. You know, I'm just I'm just some Jamoke behind the computer. But you know, I'm wholly obviously we're you know, all Ranger fans, but I'm 100 percent behind whatever the coaching staff is doing with these guys because it seems like a lot of what they're doing, the fruits of their work, is starting to come through, especially with Kako. And we'll see him, you know. And then don't get worried about his lack of production because a lot of these rookies, even the ones that are highly touted, unless you're like a Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. This is usually what you get. So, exactly. And I feel like a good point here. You know, it's, I like that you brought that up, Jail, because last year Andrei Svechnikov wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire. The words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Russell. And you know, for a Hurricanes team that you know they had that second overall pick, they knew who their pick was going to be because there was no way the Sabres were going to pass on Rasmus Dahlin, who, by the way, is on pace for over sixty points as a teenage defenseman, which hasn't happened in. A long time, so amazing young player. But besides the point, Andrei Svechnikov uh, had a, ultimately ended up having a 20-goal season last year as an 18-year-old, which is extremely impressive in itself. But this year, I mean, look what the kid is doing. He, he did the lacrosse goal again the other night, and this time he did it basically speeding around the net. I mean, all kinds of confidence, showing the kind of goal scorer he's going to be in this league, showing how dangerous he can be for a Hurricanes team that's seemingly you know on that brink of Stanley Cup contention. So... You know, maybe it's going to take a year. Maybe it's going to take a little longer. But point being, Capocaco has all the talent in the world, and he will get there. And, you know, JL's right when he says that, you know, you, you need to give the coaching staff some credit here because the Rangers have been playing better as of recently. They've had their ups and downs. But they're a team that they kind of look – they're starting to get that look again of that team that isn't giving up. Like they kind of had all of last year, you know, last year when they're in that kind of weird space of still selling people off, having a kind of weird skeleton roster. But they still every night you had this feeling that they were just going to compete in and out and there were going to be no easy wins against them. So, I mean, looking at recently how they've been doing, we want to take a look at the schedule over the past week. You know, you started out with a 5-0 win over the Golden Knights in Vegas. Beautiful. Uh you know, uh, I mean, I believe well, that was here. Was that in Vegas? That was here. That was, that in, was Vegas. in Vegas, right? In Vegas, that was yeah. in Vegas, yeah. Um, followed by a not-so-good 3-1 loss to the Kings. Followed by a good 6-3 win over the Sharks. Followed by a game that they should have won in a 4-3 loss to the Anaheim Ducks in a shootout. Followed by a 5-2 loss to the Predators. So, kind of been up and down recently. There's been two really good wins, but three losses that arguably the Rangers probably, you know, should have won at least two of those. Jail was at the game on Monday night, as he said, against the Nashville Predators. Jail, what did you see in that game that, you know, do you think, what are the positives you could take from that game as opposed to the negatives? They actually played pretty well. They were actually, uh, they were, they, they, the first uh, period, they were all over Nashville. There was a sequence, and, and the fans were just, we were going nuts because there was a sequence where, um, they just held the puck into their zone, which felt like more than two minutes, but it was arguably just about a minute and some change, if I'm correct. I might be wrong on that, but they just had utter, total, utter possession and full domination against them, and UC Soros just stood on his head. You know, that was all UC Soros. Nashville couldn't change their decor, and their players were tired on the ice, and the Rangers just took advantage. Rangers switched players, I think, about two or three times in that sequence. So they, they just looked good. The thing that killed them that day was the refing. And as much as you don't like to blame uh, uh, the referees for anything, for the most part, it really sucked a lot of momentum out, especially with some of the calls that they gave the Predators. Like uh, Ryan Ellis, completely untouched in terms of like penalties. Meanwhile, uh, 
You got uh, Brendan Lemieux getting a, a penalty for properly pushing his man out in front of the net. Or he got a 10-minute misconduct all because he love-tapped the guy in the neutral zone. Maybe he said something that wasn't kosher, but either way, uh, he did, didn't really warrant anything. Meanwhile, uh, Jesper Faust, and I forgot who it was. It was I think it was Dante Fabro. Uh, just mean, Fabro mean mugged Jesper Faust while he was on the floor, and Faust ended up getting a roughing penalty alongside Fabro. So it just the the, the referees really kind of got in the way of it, and I'm not usually one to say that publicly, but you know the Rangers were buzzing, and that kind of killed their momentum. It was very similar to the game they played against Arizona at the Garden earlier this year. They just really couldn't stay out of the box, and they just kind of, you know, they they kind of got shot in the foot because of it. So, I mean. Really, what are you going to do? But other than that, they played well. They've actually, throughout all the games that they've played, outside of maybe the Los Angeles game in the third period of the Anaheim game, this team has played phenomenal. They have been nothing but superb in terms of keeping possession, you know, uh, moving the puck around, you know, the power play, even though they may not have been as fruitful as you want it to be, they've gotten pressure they've put on you know a, a lot of a, a lot of shots against goaltenders and they've actually looked good it's just you know sometimes it just doesn't go your way but they've actually looked pretty good during that stretch now you know you say they've looked good and i agree with you in that and you know a lot of people on twitter were saying that they've been kind of in a weird way losing the games they're supposed to win and winning the games they're supposed to lose and what do i mean by that i mean by in the games that they've been winning or the games that they've had the positive result that they've, you know, they've been, the underlying numbers have not been there, but it seems in the games that they're losing, the underlying numbers favor them. So that what does that tell you? Sense. Well, I mean, it doesn't, right? It doesn't make any sense, but a lot of people will tell you, especially when they beat the golden Knights five zero. I remember that was when Twitter exploded for a few days oh, with people no, saying, well, you absurd. should be happy with the win. Well, you know, why should we be so happy with this win if all the underlying numbers say they should have lost and they're trending and da 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 da? And it was on and on, and people were basically screaming at each other over so Twitter for days. about a win before. I mean, goodness yeah, gracious! Like the, I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say I've never seen a group of fans get so at each other over a win. And obviously, we want the Rangers to win. And you know, it was basically the analytics crowd and the eye test crowd really going at it. And you know, it was they shouldn't have won. It's bad that they won. Versus, um, you know, they won, and it's cool that they won. We accept that they made the mistakes, but, you know, a win is a win, and we're, we're gonna, we enjoy that. Now, I don't think it's fair to say the analytics crowd was angry they won, but they were angry that people were not seeing that the Rangers kind of didn't play that well and they still got the win. It's all kind of complicated, but, Kevin, maybe you can kind of help people make some sense of this right now. Oh, I was so you happy know? you uh, called on me. Absolutely. I've been waiting so long I know. to talk about so, this. You know, it's been kind of a big thing in Rangers Twitter recently. Oh, yeah, and, no, definitely. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with kind of like the eye test crowd and the analytics crowd really going at it with some people in the middle saying, you know, you need you need both. And you do need both. You can't completely rely on one. So, you know, where Kevin, why do you think that, you know, Rangers Twitter has been seemingly like kind of, kind of at each other's throats recently? It's because with the, like, the you know, the, the analytics crowd, they have these statistics that... More often than not, like it's like it explains why certain teams won versus other teams. It's like, oh, the Bruins beat the Canes three to two because the Bruins had better possessions in the second and third period when they scored the goals. Yada yada yada. It's a lot of math. It's a lot of charts. And if obviously if you're not well versed in it, it is confusing and you could get angry at it. So I can see from that po you know point of view. But 
going to the Nashville game more specifically, I saw a tweet that explained, like, look, the Rangers are taking so many more shots. It's like they don't believe in this. Like, they, it's something along those lines of, you're like, why are they so opposite of what the stats say? It's like, they'll bring up the game versus Vegas where they were terrible offensively, you know, statistically speaking. You know, their their chances were terrible. You know, you know they didn't take a lot of shots. The possession was awful. But then come back to the Nashville game, it's like, their possession's great. They're taking a lot of shots. But it's just, it's, statistics don't mean anything to the individual, if that makes sense. The individual being one specific team. You can say... The percentage of, you know, a good team of having possession is 52.5% of the time. Anything below that, you're bad. Anything above that, you're excellent or something like that. But day in, day out, game in and game out, you have to throw those stats out of the air. It's like it's it's an after the fact. It's an afterthought. If you're in the game, it's like, well, the first five minutes, the Rangers had possession versus this. Or, it's, you know, you're looking, it's like, well, look, the first five minutes, the Rangers look like they're playing like crap. It's the same thing. It's a small sample size, and they're both just getting at each other's throats because the Rangers aren't playing well. That's the bottom right. of the line. Right. If they're playing well, no one cares. If they're in a playoff position, everybody's happy. Well, clearly, so they're doing something like right criticize. if they're winning games the way they're doing. I mean, it's not... No, I agree. It's just, I don't mind those games. It's like, that kind of proves why you need a good goalie. And, you know, everybody's, you know, also hashing the, should we trade Yorgiev, should we keep Yorgiev, yada, 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 crap. Well, we're not going to get into that now. you know, <laughs> no, that's why that's why you have the three facets of the game, offense, defense, and goaltending. And with the Vegas Golden Knights game, after Yorgiev stood on his head for the first period and a half, the Rangers got the memo and started playing better and started taking advantage of the Vegas Golden Knights mistakes and got more and more goals. Now, the same can be said for the other way versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Henrik lets off two soft goals, and then they're completely flat on their asses, even though they're getting scoring chances. So right. statistics and eye tests are so... You're right, you're right, Russell. It's hand-in-hand. Hand, but at the end of the day, it's just, are the Rangers winning games, yes or no? That's the only statistic that matters. Because you could be outshot 45-20 to 20 and win a game, and all that matters is the fact that you got those two points. And that is the goal, to get those two points. And, you know... You want to see them trending in the right direction. I think that's the biggest thing the analytics guys were kind of saying. Like, if they kept up that kind of play, it wasn't going to lead to sustained success. Like, one of the things that you can really compare this argument to is, uh, again, I'm going to use a baseball analogy. Don't roast me, guys. Um, <laughs> it's like, why do you have to use baseball for? Um, so, basically, it's uh, it's like... When you look at a box score and a team wins with like two nothing, but then the team that has two runs has two hits, but the team that has ten hits has zero runs. So it's kind of similar to that. It doesn't necessarily matter how you do it. It's you got the win regardless, you know. So I think when it comes to the eye test and all that, the one thing that people should understand is not ruling out analytics completely. But I think the age of hockey and analytics is still very young. It's been something that has just come about recently. So I think a lot of these, a lot of the analytics, while they do represent a decent part of the game, it's not the entire story. So when people rely heavily on it and create these arguments, it doesn't necessarily do anyone any favors. So it's a very, you've, like you said, if the Rangers are winning, what's the problem? You know, especially with, you know, when they signed, when they got Truba, Panarin, and, um, Fox, everyone knew they were going to try and at least go on some kind of run. 
So absolutely, we all knew that they weren't just going to totally flop. So I think we should just not have to worry about, hey, this happened. Oh, no, Rangers won. Great. That's ultimately what we want at the end of the day, regardless of whether you want to get a first-round pick or a high-end pick or not. You want to see the Rangers win. That's what this whole thing is about. So, Also, a good point to add on top of that. Something David Quinn said the other week was very interesting to me. A lot of the underlying numbers analytics stuff kind of relies on like how high percentage chances you're getting and also like kind of like the how high percentage uh, percent chance your shots have of kind of going in. But what David Quinn said was, how can we totally rely on that if we're not taking shots? And, you know, I thought that was really interesting because this kind of ties into everything we were talking about together with the coaching, with even guys like Kako not shooting enough. And it kind of all ties together with the fact that these Rangers are very young still. And you're not going to see what this team can really do for a little while now. So, of course, you know, they're not looking good underlying right now. And, of course, some games, even the eye test, you know they're definitely not looking good when they get hemmed in their own zone for minutes at a time. I don't think you can accurately judge how this team is going to be doing until the prospects mature the right way until, you know, you have kind of that foundation and you're set with the people you have on your decor, you're set with your top six, uh, your middle, your bottom six is always going to change and kind of like, you know, you're always going to have guys fill in and fill out there. But, you know, I feel like, especially for the crowd of people that aren't big fans of David Quinn right now, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you need to just kind of, you know, it's, it's more, we've been saying, just more patience in the fact that we are the youngest team in the NHL. There's going to be a lot of growing pains. And yes, maybe they don't look good analytically right now. And even the eye test, sometimes they don't look good. But if this young team, this is at least the way I'm looking at it right now. If this young team with guys like Fox and Tony D'Angelo, Kako, uh, hopefully Kravtsov soon, Heedle, you know, if you're looking at these guys and they can get a taste of some wins or kind of get a taste of that playoff hunt or at least be in the playoff chase come February, March, that means a lot to a team of young players. And yes, oh, oh, they didn't, you know, they, they underlying numbers so they shouldn't have won or like this is, or this is the way they should have played. Okay. I understand your point. And yes, maybe it's not sustainable, but in the minds and in the, you know, the hearts of these young kids who are making their first steps and strides into the NHL, you should want them to get some wins under the belt. Maybe they can, you know, see a playoff chase and, you know, maybe they can, if they get into the playoffs and maybe they do sneak in in a wild card spot that only helps. And, you know, to the crowd that says, you know, we want another top 10 pick, we want another high pick, we want to get one of these, like, big five or big seven on the team, look, you're preaching to the choir because that will be awesome too. But the point I want to make here is that I want them to be competitive along the way because you don't want to instill a culture of losing. Uh, and that's the biggest thing. I've been, well, saying, I've been saying that for a You can't have both, though. No, you, you can't, can't have, have both. That's true. You can't win and, you know, also get a good pick. It's just... Yeah, you could win the lottery if the Rangers don't make the playoffs, but obviously the the less well you do, the more likely you're going to get a higher pick, yada, yada, yada. But just I do agree with you completely, Russ. The goal should still be wild card. Why not? Why like, not? It, exactly. Why not? It, it, yeah. it, why, literally, why not? It's just it, it they're not they're literally at this like the last year or two of a rebuild that happened so quickly. It's just. If all of these guys could click at once, we can see a Carolina Hurricane situation where it's just, wow, they want on a run. They look great. I can't wait to see what happens next year. And that that's great. If they barely miss the playoffs, I'll still be happy with that because it's like, look, they could compete with the better teams. 
Like, yeah. like we've been talking about all night. The Rangers are beating good teams. So it's not like they can't do it. It's not like they're only beating up on the Senators and the Ducks and the Kings and, you know, whoever else has terrible records, like the Devils. But it's just, you you got to just realize that this team is built to win and it's actually going to happen sooner than everybody thinks. But it's not also happening right now. So the idea of they're definitely going to make the playoffs shouldn't be in your head. Just the idea that they could. They could surprise some people. They can go on a four, five, six game run and then be right back in the conversation. But if they don't, if they're winning one and one, you know, win one, lose one, then it's still good because they're not going on a losing streak. Experience. They're, they're seeing to, how to be able to pick, Exactly. Yeah, they're able to pick themselves back up and be like, here we go. Let's get back at this. It's just with the game in Nashville, yeah, obviously they played pretty good. It's just penalties. Penalties. Yeah, yeah that, that was it. And also that, have that might have been one of the worst officiated games I, I have ever seen in my entire life. It's one thing to kind of like miss a call. I understand that. It's like you didn't see the elbow or, you know, Bushnevich mm. bent down, so he wasn't ready. But again, like the fact that you're calling one team for something that's not even blatantly interference versus someone who literally has his elbow out to hit somebody. It's just it's just really bad on the refs that people already have like a huge problem with. And, yeah, and lastly, and, to, you know, to that the, point, lastly, it's basically what I said at the garden. You're giving him what two minutes to play defense? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> I say that a lot. And, and you know that what? Was the case that that you know we could go on and on about how horrible that officiating was in that game and how Jesper Foss was basically getting mugged with a ref standing right there. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, that was, I think that was the worst part. Yeah, that might have been the worst part. Me. That yeah. was the worst part. It's like, it really is if they miss it. It's okay. Like, you you don't have eyes in the back of your head, but you can see the ref look down at what's going on and doesn't signal a thing. It's, yeah. it's just... It was, it was ridiculous. It's it was ridiculous. It's, yeah, it was ridiculous. Peewee, whatever you want to call it, it's just terrible. But, you know, hopefully the ref's turning it around. And in our final topic for our show today, I'd like to go across the pond and go to Europe for a second because Lori Pajuniemi has been an absolute revelation this season for TPS Turku, Capo Kako's old team. Pajuniemi had a hat trick today. I believe he's up to 18 or 19 goals on the season. And not just him, but along with Pajuniemi and Nils Lundqvist and even Adam Edstrom to a sense, who is a sixth rounder, who's contributing for his team in Sweden, you know, Nils Lundqvist has immediately shot up the charts to become our best defensive prospect. Lori Pajuniemi went from being a guy who the, who people were like, yeah, he might do something, to a guy who's now being looked at as, whoa, could he possibly contribute as a middle six or, you know, cross our fingers, top six guy one day. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to see what the scouting staff has done and just, you know, in such a short period of time, what this Rangers prospect pool has looked like. Because if you go back a few years ago, we'd look at a guy like Pajuniemi right now and we would be begging that he would be the savior. But that's simply not the case. We're looking at him like, hey, if he works out, it just adds on to this amazing it's pool that we have. complimentary player. Ag- but that's exactly. a good thing, though. Exactly. That is a really Dep- good thing to have. So, uh, you know, this is our last topic of the day. I'm going to go around with the two guys, of course. JL, what do you think this says, not just about the scouting staff, but about how the Rangers prospect pool is just so evolved that a kid, you know, even a 20-year-old kid who's potting hat tricks in Europe is looked at as, yeah, that's kind of cool, but we, you know, if it works out, it doesn't, but if we're, you know, it's kind of like you said, a complimentary piece. So what does this mean for the team as this rebuild continues? 
Well, first off, uh, your segue from Kevin's point to uh, <laughs> from uh, Kevin's point to your point was one of the more abrupt ones I've heard, but it's okay. Oh, it's for sure abrupt. But we, <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's like fine. it's like and the refing sucks <laughs> yeah, the, now. <laughs> you know? Hey, hey, hey! I like hey, to say one thing. Hey, hey. They can't all be winners. They yeah, can't all be winners. Right. Oh, I apologize. I, no. I, I wouldn't be able to do that either. I, yeah. I would probably like be babbling for like ten minutes just trying to get to reps to prospects and well, we've no, heard, just, we've, had, we've just... heard you babble enough as is kevin so oh thanks thanks Shane. how about how about we talk about players that are never make it <laughs> yeah. to the Rangers? don't get me started on that i'll be here all night no but all night when it comes to pudgy and emmy though i i was very impressed with uh it just seems like first of all if you look at the guy he really does resemble capococco it's crazy how much he resembles it's, him and he it's plays weird. uncanny it's weird. and he, he plays looks like a brother or something yeah, it's like younger Capocago. How can you possibly get younger? Well, no, actually, no, he's not younger. He's actually older. I, I That's a stupid thing on my part. I'm looking at the thing right now, but he's definitely not uh, not here yet. So Good job, um, JL. I, yeah, see, I'm prone to mistakes too. <laughs> no, but it just seems like, you know, when you mentioned the scouting staff, it just seems that they're getting uh, players who seem to be more on an uptick. And, and, and our uh, our fellow friend and contributor, uh, Stat Boy Steven, made a very good point in one of our podcasts, and it really stuck with me. The Rangers in past drafts would get players who were just kind of like already at a certain point. So that's why a lot of them kind of hit their ceiling at a certain point, like a JT Miller, for an exa- for example. Like, even though Miller is doing a lot better now, but when they had JT Miller, you knew what you were getting. That's basically second line, you know, grinder uh, forward who can get down and dirty in the corners. But, you know, he had a lot of offensive flash but never really got to it. And that's basically how it was the whole time as a Ranger. But now you look at these guys that they're getting, like an Anderson or a Kratzov or even Heedle. It's like these guys trend upward. And as you trend upward, you develop with the team, you own your skills. And it seems like they're, everyone who they're trying to get, look for, and go after, they just seem to be following that same thing. So Steven was right on that point. And Pajuniemi, it's a that's a that's a mouthful. Let's uh, just call him Pudgy. No, Pajuniemi. I, I I like to say the full names, Kevin. I'm not I'm not that type of person, Kevin. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I, I just Can I you just sound got, any more condescending? I got full snob. I got full snob. They're like, oh yeah, children, oh, children, yeah, please, my, please. Kevin and I are gonna fight after a regular this. stat boy, Stephen himself, <laughs> over here. <laughs> Kevin and I are gonna come to blows afterwards. No, but no. In all seriousness, though. Uh, he's he's uh, done a phenomenal job and just he just looks so good out there like it just comes natural to him that you know it seems like he's taken the mantle from Kako at TPS and he's just lighting it up you know he's got 18 goals already so far and it seems like he's got one heck of a shot so just imagine in the future you have a line of Pajaniemi let's say Zabanajad and and Kako I mean that wouldn't be too bad you know or you stick him with uh, Panera and stuff like that you know I I the kid just looks really good this is one of the few surprises that I've seen so far you know what's also weird about this that I really like when I was starting to pay attention to the prospect pool a few years back and I noticed that these teams had the golden helmet I was like man I really wish like a Rangers prospect had the golden helmet every once in a while. <laughs> and now and, he does. My and now friend. he does. And I don't know why it's so satisfying. I'm like, oh, I love that. I, don't, he, I mean, he's it, the it, best, it looks he's really the best cool, player Kevin. on that team. It looks really cool, Kevin. You can say no, it. No, no, it really does. Cool. No, it does. It, it does. It it sticks out like a sore thumb. But I, again, it's just 
it's it's just satisfying to have a player with so much potential and is like showcasing it. it's like and it's recognized by the whole team it's like he is our best player he gets all of the points <laughs> and what what do you end up with today five points three goals and he, two had, he had a hat trick and one assist today so one assist four, so four oh, wow points, four that's pretty good which yeah. is which is unbelievable it's just so five out of the four out of the five tps goals related exactly to pajuniami today <laughs> yeah which is great and this is why he deserves the golden helmet absolutely now so one more thing week, one more oh, thing before before oh, our last word here, mr jail would like one last <laughs> mr jl okay here's jail here we come here I come. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give you guys a question. Obviously, you know, Capo Caco was one who did wear the golden helmet. Uh, mm-hmm. So was obviously Pajiniemi. What other Ranger can you remember had a golden helmet before he came to the team? Oh, I got. Um, I'm going to guess Matt Zuccarello, if I'm going to be honest Kevin, here. Kevin, your guess? Kevin? I have no guess whatsoever because I'm thinking of guys that are recent, but I, I feel like it's a trick question because it wasn't recent. Yeah, that's that's my answer. I have no idea. Jail, go ahead and reveal. reveal you are correct, Russell. It was Matt Zuccarello. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was also correct because it was a long time ago. It was. <laughs> oh, look at Kevin. Uh-huh. Look at Kevin trying to get credit. It's like, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> it's yes. Points. It's an assist. Out of the, out of the statue of limitations, there. I love <laughs> it. I am correct. I love it. The best so, kind of correct. Kevin. Yes. Last time, Jail got the last word. Oh. This time, you get the last word, Kevin. The last word of. The podcast. Ooh, I feel so honored Don't out of the three up. of us. So it really does happen every one, every three shows. The Rangers, and I'm going to reiterate this again, are a very young team. They're very dynamic, and they could have the best potential to be one of the best teams in the league. Please, I will say this every single podcast, patience. If you're going to get mad over a team that loses to one of the better teams in the league, it's okay. If you're going to get mad about a team that loses to one of the worst teams in the league, it's okay. This year does not matter. They're not going to make the playoffs. And if they do, they're not going to go far. So please, patience. This team looks so good right now. Imagine next year when everything else is fitting into place. Let's go, Rangers. You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Now for February's biggest style steal, 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans started just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. 
Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby. Hey, everyone. This is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap-Up a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap-Up. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at... Is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling with Reality on all major podcast outlets. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby.